I'm not the house of cards that falls down easily. Oh, I'm strong enough to handle what you throw at me. Welcome to Mental Health News Radio. I'm your host, Kristen Sunanta Walker. Just what are we going to discuss? The intimacy that is mental health. Let's continue to make it as comfortable as discussing brain health or heart health. This show has been on the air for several years and we have amazing co-hosts. And then we created a network of podcasters on mentalhealthnewsradionetwork.com, a place where every possible facet of mental well-being can be talked about openly. My show, after several hundred interviews, the format is this. Intimate, deep, funny, touching, sometimes uncomfortable, but always vulnerable conversations with interesting people. The goal is to have you, our listening family, many of you who have become my good friends, feel as though you are listening in on private conversations. Thank you for tuning in and becoming part of this amazing journey with me and now with our network of podcasters. Just knowing this podcast might be helping any of you realize you are not alone on this journey called being a human being makes doing this podcast worth every second. Hey everyone, Kristen Walker here with one of our other podcasters, Stephen Kavalkovich with Rescue the Rescuer. Hey Stephen. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> oh, a lot. Um, <laughs> as usual. I hear that, man. Just another day in paradise. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes it is and sometimes you're like, oh man, did I do this again? Yeah, well, you know, I have learned that there's a there's a song from like the mid-90s, uh, country music singer Mary Chapin Carpenter had this mm. song, it's called The Bug, and it's truly, sometimes you're the windshield, sometimes you're the bug. And, yeah. And I think that's just stuff we all go through. And related, definitely related to what we're going to talk about a little bit, I think... Um, yeah you know this it's fitting to talk you know especially today in 2019 it's uh appropriate stuff to be really discussing because i it's so out there it's so obvious but people just i don't think people are really recognizing the danger and damage that this does right and what we're saying when we say this is social media addiction which after a lot of research the last um, few weeks with some very very intelligent people um, who research for a living, geneticists, PhDs, MDs, neuroscientists, and so on, as well as life coaches and, and anyone else. So we've found that after a ton of research with neuroscientists, psychologists, psychiatrists, geneticists, life coaches, and just plain old regular folks like me and Stephen, that the DSM-5 by the American Psychiatric Association, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. A new entry has been added. It hasn't been accepted yet, but it's called Social Media Addiction. And I find it fascinating. I'm going to read what it says social media addiction is on Wikipedia. It is a proposed diagnosis related to overuse of social media, similar to internet addiction and other forms of digital media overuse. So what's fascinating about this to me is when I mean, we've done many shows about how it totally um, activates dopamine. Um, Dr. John Huber has talked about this and we won't get into the science of that. That is for people who are actual scientists, 
But um, now we're seeing this being picked up by hospitals, by universities, um, in multiple countries, by classrooms everywhere, talking about social media addiction. And of course, we're late in the game because you're already dealing with addicted people and no one, no one corners the market on this particular disorder. Um, it's up for grabs for everybody to find out about it, but there are strides being made to have comprehensive criteria created to treat this as a very real problem. So I wanted to talk to you, Stephen, about that because I know I've had an issue with this, but it was a few years ago and I kind of worked my way through it. And then you recently sort of had something with it. And I wanted to find out what was the impetus for what you experienced with it and how you went through a change around it and came back to using social media in a healthier way. Well, you know what, I, I guess for me, I guess in it, I think I learned, well, I guess what was going on in my life, you know, just my regular daily life, I was going through a very stressful period and a very, it was a very hard period for a couple, couple weeks, couple months even. And I, what I read, what I was noticing is I was taking my thoughts and my concerns and my opinions about things. And I don't believe, I definitely don't believe it was conscious or intentional that I was, right. trying, that I was putting things out there that may have been considered hostile or considered very, uh, kind of dividing and yeah, I, I, right. I don't, I don't even know what the word would be, but not just considered to be more aggressive, aggressive. That's a good word. For and it. not, and not like you, not like how, I mean, you, you've said even on shows that you, you know, had been known to be the mini revolution starter and that's, you get a lot of stuff done that way. That's why you're an advocate, but this was kind of beyond that where your friends and everybody were like, wait a minute, this isn't the Steven that we know. Yeah, it was actually, and I didn't see it. It was turning into something where I was, I was recognizing like the more, um, the more controversial or something I could bring, the more way I could word something in a way that was, that I knew this is where the conscious part is. Like I knew that I was going to get reaction and it was, it was like, it was, it became like, it's just as sick as, as any other kind of addiction. Like I was right. getting addicted to that, to that instant rush that you get when you put something up and then within five minutes, you know, everybody's commenting, you got 80 comments and people are, are giving their opinions and it's turning into this, this thing that gets away from you. Right. And before you know it, and we, we see this, uh, especially a lot of times in like with celebrities in Hollywood, I mean, you could completely ruin your career. You could ruin your your reputation so quickly. And and I, I was doing some some of the things I was saying was actually starting to go that way. And I didn't even know it. I didn't even see it because I thought it was like I was just taking my problems and my issues to the place where I go every where everybody is. I guess you know and not even recognizing that maybe that wasn't the proper platform to do that. Right. But it's, I think it's become so ingrained in our society now that we don't even think about it. We, right. we, just, we don't even think about what the impact of what we could say or, or what it could do to somebody's image of us. Right. And the thing with you is that, you know, you're a public 
figure now more than you have been in the past uh, because you have a show and a lot of people listen to it. Right. And, and that's when you get into a position like that, you can't, you, you can't just go out and say what you want. Uh, it's, it's, you, you can, you, you can, but you have can, to craft have to, it the right way. Yeah. You have to be careful. You have, you can do it. Absolutely. You can do it. I mean, we're advocates. We will say the uncomfortable thing if it's going to make a difference to healing, but when you're doing it because you are, um, your emotions are out of, are out of control for some reason or another, whether it's medication or there's some stressors in your life or both, whatever it is, you're not really in the right frame of mind. You're not really being you, you know, you're healthy, all my senses are, are in order, you, you're being this other um, person and uh, temporarily, and so you're acting out of that and you're doing it on social media. And I always look at it like that. When, when it gets to that, that outlet isn't safe. That outlet uh, or the way that you, you utilize the outlet, those things that are said there, they're typed there. That's what you bring into therapy. Right. Well, absolutely. You should be bringing it behind closed doors and dealing with it in the proper healthy ways and, you know, sharing your, your, your frustrations and, and things you want to bitch about to the world is, you know, sometimes it can be, sometimes it could be okay, but uh, you know, it could be very damaging. And also, on t- the other part of it is even if you delete the comment, it doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. People take a screenshot. They, they... Oh yeah. Screenshot <laughs> and it's all over the world within a minute. And, and, you know, now I, I've actually saw it actually recently, like a couple of days ago, I, there's a, a pretty, a lady who's kind of well known to create she'll like take people's posts and I don't know how she does it, but she will like completely, like reword something that somebody wrote and make it look like they wrote it and then post it up. And, you know, she can, I mean, you could ruin somebody doing that. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And we've seen that. I mean, I just posted something about a YouTuber that lost over a million follows because of some fight that they took into social media and, you know, losing a million followers on YouTube when that is a, one of your primary sources of income uh, that's a big problem. That's now you're affecting your business, something that you've worked very hard to cultivate. And, you know, there's plenty of people like Howard Stern or whoever they can say whatever. And they're, you know, they're known for saying controversial things and that's how they make their money. And that's fantastic. But if Howard Stern got thunked in the head or uh, started using substances in an unhealthy way or whatever it was, and then started saying things that were totally beyond what even Howard Stern says, well, there's an entire empire, employees, mm-hmm. uh, companies, and so on that's supporting that, and they have a right to be concerned. What the heck is going on with Howard Stern, you know? Well, I mean, let's take this back to, you know, what a little, you know, not too long ago, we even did a show on it a little while ago when the whole Roseanne thing happened on Twitter. Right. Like, I mean, her, she's, I mean, that was like probably a year ago. I don't even remember when that was, but she's not recovered from that. No. And she probably never will. Like her career, where she was, like, I mean, she had a top rated show. She, I mean, she destroyed all that with just one post. Yep. And, yep. you know, that's, it's, it sucks, but unfortunately that's just the world we live in today. You can't, 
if you're going to have a, we all have a digital footprint and, or a fingerprint or whatever it's called, and everybody's going to know what, whatever we do, good, bad, you know, it do, and it doesn't even have to be good or bad. It's just somebody perceives something or reads something or reads something, reads into something wrong or misinterprets and you're sunk that quick. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and, and yet, then, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. <laughs> well, I was going to say, and then, then we have to take it to the, to the point where let's get beyond the career stuff or, you know, what damage you do to, to your, your reputation or whatever. But what about just what social media is doing to us personally? Like right. The, the, you know, when I'm, when I'm thinking of something I want to post, like I actually am taking the time to cr- like word it the proper way, because I know if I word it this way, like somebody, you know, people are going to get a react. you're going to get a reaction and you like those likes. And that goes back to that whole dopamine thing that yes. rewards the reward pathway in the brain. We, we get that instant hit of dopamine when we get the likes, but then the opposite happens too. What happens when the, the, the person posts the selfie and they don't get a hundred likes or they get negative comments. Right. And then now you're feeding, you could be possibly helping somebody commit suicide that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's such a, you know, um, it's so interesting when we go back and we look at psychological studies that have been gone, you know, gone on for years that talk about, you know, narcissism and people's personas that they create. I mean, this is all information that has been talked about in psychology through the ages and it's being reenacted in a very loud way through social media so there's nothing there's no new information out there that tries to say oh it's this or oh it's that no it it follows psychological principles that have been here for a long time it's just that it's on so much of a bigger stage now so those old principles or not old but those principles that have been there forever can be tweaked to look at what's happening with social media and that's why we see oh there's a just unbelievable increase in narcissism especially in western society well yeah because people are out there creating you know, unreal lives out there and, and they're getting praise for it. And then it's feeding that consistent, you know, unhealthy behavior with every everything that they post out there that really isn't how their real life is. It's how their online life is. Yeah, absolutely. It's, oh my God, I, you know, I'm actually, I'm actually, as we're talking, I'm looking at something that one of the other podcasters, Joe, posted the other day about... It's a, it's a, it was an article that said social media has created a generation of narcissists. Yes. Wow. Yep. Like that's a pretty powerful statement, but I, I, I mean, I, I can honestly say I don't remember what it was like to not have social media. <laughs> yeah. You're that much younger than I am. I remember what it was like not to have it. I remember when I first got into it and I was going through a very rough time and, uh, and I definitely lashed out during that time, not, not to someone on their page and all that. It was just on my stuff that I was putting out there. And then I got rid of it and went, oh my God, okay, this this is not healthy and stopped. This was several years ago. And, you know, now I think about things differently before I put something out there. But you can forget when it's so easy. It's like you're carrying around crack and it's on your phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's really, that's really what it's become. 
And I mean, it's scary. It actually scares me to think what what's coming because if this is where we are now, it's only going to the the flood of it is only going to get worse. Well, I think what's great. I mean, I agree, but I think what's great is you know going out and looking over the last few weeks at how many places are have been studying this for a good 10, 12, 14 years. This has been studied. It just hasn't been released in a in a big way because no one was really no one really cared in terms of the public but it's not like it hasn't been studied for a long time and from very prestigious organizations universities etc now it's reached you know this incredible place where people are caring there are classes being put together there are research studies that are being published it's fantastic it's fantastic that it's been submitted along with internet addiction and gaming and you know addiction to the DSM we'll see if it makes it in there and there's actually several treatment centers that literally just focus on addiction to social media internet and so on their entire treatment center is focused on just that that's amazing to me it's a, it is amazing and it's i mean it's it's so great to see that some people had the the foresight to see hey wait a minute like this the, because they obviously smart people could see that this is no different than any other kind of addiction and with the same with the same devastating effects absolutely absolutely so i wanted to find out from you because i know when i was doing this there really wasn't any there wasn't anybody that that you know was following me or anything like that and and i didn't care about that when I was, you know, going off, it was just me uh, realizing this is not good and deleting everything, erasing, whatever. What about, you know, when you went through this not too long ago, what were some of the things that made you stop and realize, okay, I need to take a break, pull myself away. I want to talk about that. Like what made you realize it? And then also how it was to take a break. Well, I think for me, it, it took, you know, people that, that, you know, that I respect, that I care about, that obviously cared about me coming to me and you were one of them. I mean, <laughs> you know, and, you know, knowing how to get me to see something that maybe I just wasn't seeing or wasn't wanting to see even is, and it, it took, you know, just being blunt and honest and telling me the truth and not trying to sugarcoat it because right. you know, I don't, you know, sugarcoating for, for a guy like me just enables usually, work. it just usually enables me to continue <laughs> bad behavior. Thank you. Say that again. Sugar, <laughs> you know, what does sugarcoating do for you? It just enables continued poor behavior. That's I mean, right. It just does. Because enabling know, kills people. That makes you just, uh, you're just as guilty or not guilty, you're just as culpable as the person in the addiction if you enable the addict. So you're just as culpable, okay? Enabling does not help anybody. If, if it takes such force to say this is what's up, that you might be in danger of losing a friendship of someone temporarily, mm -hmm. but you love them that much, you care about them that much, do it because we're talking about people will commit suicide over something like social media. So you have to, it's just like, it, to me, it's no different than someone who's on 
you know, heroin or they are, uh, you know, acting out sexually or whatever it is. It's just as pivotal as those, you know, those moments. So you have to say whatever it is that's going to get them to stop and reevaluate and hopefully get into counseling. Yeah, that's right. It, that's, it's, it's exactly right. And you have to, you have to be willing to, to hurt somebody temporarily to save them. And, right. or, or to get them to save themselves, really. Right. Because you're not going to save anybody. Exactly. They're going <laughs> to save know? themselves. But, you know, so that, that coupled, you know, that coupled with what, you know, it was you and, you know, and a couple other people in my life that right. kind of pointed it out to me. And then I kind of, at the same time, I looked at what was going on externally in my life, like with like career and all that. And I saw that it was bleeding into a lot of other places. And a lot of it was because of the, the environment that I was in. Yeah. So I changed the environment. Like I looked and said, you know, there's um, Tyler Perry does the Medea, Medea videos. And there's, they're awesome. They're, they're awesome. And there's one that I love to show to people all the time about, you know, there's going to come a point where it's going to be you or me and mm-hmm. you're going to make a decision. And I had to make a decision that, the things that were were not serving me, I had to cut them off. Right. And for me, that meant walking away from a job that was killing me. I, right. And, you know, walking away from the stability of that job was it's a little scary, but, you know, I, it's worth, it was worth doing because, you know, it was destroying me um, in many ways. And I had to do that. And then I took, then I took this, the advice of, you know, taking the break from social media. And it's so crazy because it is just like, you know, trying to stop any other, any other kind of addiction. So tough, yeah. Dude, it's crazy because like, you know, I remember, I mean, this is going back to the days when I was using heroin and I would, I would go to bed at night and I would say, all right, this was my last night. I'm not doing it again. And the very next morning before I even opened my eyes, oh my God, where am I going to get more heroin? Mm-hmm. And it's no different with social media because, you know, you, you know, you, you, you delete the app on your phone or you, what, what I did was, and I still have it. I actually took my, the, I mean, Facebook was the one out the uh, platform I was on the most. So I, I moved it on my phone to like in a hidden, like, you know, like, uh, like I have like a million different icons on my phone and like, you know, groups of icons. And I like moved it into like the back of one on like the fifth page. So it wasn't like readily available. Yeah. I knew for me, I couldn't just delete the, I couldn't just cut it off for me. It wasn't going to work that way. So I moved it to make it a little bit more difficult for me to, to get to it. And it actually helped a lot. It was changing something with it and then not posting, you know, or, you know, and committing to myself that just for today, you know, I'm, I may look on there and I may, you know, glance and take a look at some things, but I'm not going to post. And then, right. you know, and then just kind of like building from there. And it was a nice, um, it was kind of like a nice step back for me. And right. it kind of helped me reset and reprioritize what's important. And right. it's, you know, and after, it's just like any other change after a day, you know, the first day is the worst. Right. Right. right? And, you know, and then, to, then the next day, it's just a little bit easier. And over, you know, over the next few days, you know, you become more accustomed to the new behavior. 
and it's a little bit better. And I, you know, I actually still have kept that icon in the same place. I mean, I could move it back, but I just have chosen not to. Right. It does. It allows um, your brain and to it's, it's, take a it's reset. Just kept, yeah, just take a little break and recognize, okay, now I, you know, and I made those other changes at the same, like literally at the same, the very same day that I did that, I changed my, you know, I walked away from a job that was destroying me. Right. And I made some other decisions to to do some things that were going to serve me. And so the last couple of weeks has been, uh, you know, it's crazy because we were just talking about it before we got on here today is, you know, I went and I went and worked for somebody who was a, I thought was a friend. I did some work for him, and I, I it was work that I was not comfortable doing. I'm not, I'm not a work with my hands kind of person. But he offered me to give let me give me some work for a couple bucks an hour, cash money. You know, throw some extra money my way, give me some. You know, and mm-hmm. I thought it would be good. And then the guy winds up screwing me, and immediately like my automatic reaction was I want to lash out. I want to start a revolution. I want to do all that. And yeah, am I still pissed? Am I still annoyed? Yeah. But you know, whatever, like I've learned that like, I don't need to go and tell the whole world, you know, I wanted to go and blast this guy personally, like put his name all over social media and tell people never to trust him and never work with him. But then I realized, yeah, that might, you know, that might get back at him maybe, but that's also just going to hurt me. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I think about that too. When there were a couple people that came to me, you know, when you were going through your thing and, and I, my first reaction was, you know what, in what way did I, am, I'm not Steven's mother. And um, so why are you complaining to me? And I remember saying, can you step back? We're in the field of addiction and mental health can you think for one second that this isn't how he normally behaves because obviously you're upset. So can you look and think with compassion, maybe this is related to something else and, you know, really try hard, even though he might be taking you off to have patience and have grace and give him grace to figure this out because he will, because you have a success story behind you again and again and again you've overcome one of the worst addictions possible so you can do this too and it was really interesting for me to say that to people that were upset in the heat of the moment and have one of them anyway go you know what you're right i'm sorry i even said anything to you never mind i will absolutely you know and it was fascinating to see them uh, this one person be like, yeah, I can't believe I was even upset about it. I can't believe I didn't think of that. Yeah, it's well, and it's, it's amazing, you know, because it's so easy to, you know, I mean, it's another way of uh, deflecting from off of ourselves too. Absolutely. It's like, <laughs> it's so quick to, to use it, to get angry. It's like, to me, I keep saying this again and again, to me, social media is the new road rage. Yeah, it's so, oh, that's a good way of putting it. It is. And if people get, uh, what, what, what do they, they, uh, they get uh, super, they, they, they feel empowered to say whatever the hell they want on social media, but people don't know how to have a conversation and be real about anything nowadays. Yeah, it's like someone uh, getting at mad because you cut them off. And so you stop at the next light, you get out of your car and you shoot them. What is it that goes on? And and that's what happens on social media. You, except you're not in person. So it's even more anonymized. You feel even safer being just absolutely despicable. And you are so tied into those likes 
and then <laughs> of it, just like you are with road rage, except now instead of using a, an actual gun, you're using words um, and, and you're displaying a side of yourself. And what's interesting is, I mean, you know, doing what we do, I, you know, and if I bring something out to light with anyone that I'm going to work with, I can say to anyone, okay, if we're going to go in and we're going to do a project together, whatever it may be, whatever you are doing social media wise is now going to be under scrutiny because you're working with me because of the entities that I work with, like the National Council for Behavioral Health, uh, universities that I work with, et cetera. So please be a little more careful about what you're doing, what you're saying, what have you, um, if you're going to be doing an active project with me, because you're going to be under more scrutiny and that has, can have a negative impact on me. So why would I work with you? And it, this is the kind of behavior that's going on. So if somebody doesn't watch that and they're incapable of stopping themselves, then that means that they're in a full-blown addiction. Yeah, no, that's I, it's so true. I didn't even really make that correlation. I didn't think about it. But you just brought up another good point about how a lot of times now, if you go for a job and then they go to do the background check, they mm -hmm. want to know your social media handles. That's right. And they're, they're look. looking to see what you post. And if you are posting up a bunch of selfies of yourself in a bikini and you're sticking your finger in your mouth and you're not a model, well, then, and you're doing your little uh uh and whatever, and hey, I'm partying and here's Jaeger and I'm taking shots or whatever it may be, or it's a bunch of fighting and you know, I mean, I, I had someone I really respect go off about, um, you know, some politicians that they didn't like and really wrote some nasty comments about the about these female politicians. And I went, whoa, you're in the middle of a lawsuit right now. That is not going to look good if that gets pulled up in the midst of your lawsuit. Yeah, because it just makes you look unstable. It makes yep. you look makes you look reckless. And, and, you know, I mean, it wasn't that long ago. I mean, I'm, I've, I've definitely toned this down. I've made it almost, I've made it almost a hundred percent, like on, you know, unwilling to compromise on the fact that I just don't want to post about politics anymore. Yeah, me, Oh, I never have. I'm just I like, mean, nope, I'm not even going to like anything that's about politics. Oh nope. my goodness. Cause I, <laughs> I, I started, you know, I started, I mean, I, I, I don't make any bones about my feelings about our current administration, but I even went so far as to go on somebody's Twitter who was related to somebody in our administration. And I, I said something that was like, like very harsh and like, you know, I actually, I, I felt it and I actually meant it, but at the same time, like the ramifications for that, especially like, I mean, you could be actually even messing with national security that way. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yes, so exactly. You can't, you can't say things like, I want you to, you know, get hit by a car to, uh, to one of our politicians. I'm not saying you did that. I'm just saying, and no yeah, one can yeah. do it because then you get, boy, you get flagged by yeah. the CIA. You might have somebody knocking on your door and, you know, you're going to wind up in, you know, some cell somewhere. Exactly. It's that kind of thing. And I think, I think too, where I, not that I was perfect. I had my own moment with social media, but I think where I learned about seeing things from that sort of bigger perspective was being married to my ex-husband <laughs> because he would do all this stuff that put us in danger that, you know, that just making an, a 
irrational decision way before social media. Um, like I'll give you an example just so people don't wonder what the heck it was. So let's use an example of, okay, there's a fire three hours from where we live and we have a two-year-old son. He has no training in how to be a volunteer fireman. And yet he's just takes off without even checking with me to go and, um, you know, try to help people out with the fire. And uh, so I, this ha would happen again and again and again, because his impulse control was not, you know, terrific. And he's a recovered addict as well to pain meds. And so I would say constantly, I need you to look at the totality of what you're responsible for. It is not just your life anymore. You have a child. You have me. You have a job. That job is part of what helps us eat and have a roof over our head. You cannot just cowboy up and go off and make these kind of decisions anymore that puts your life at risk. And I had to do that so many times that I was able to maybe have a little bit more of a thought process around looking at a bigger picture when it comes to something like social media. That's a, that's a good point. <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> wow. I, I'm thinking about that now and it, I'm reminded of some of those, those, those one, those places where I went off and, you know, and thought that I was being some, you know, some great revolutionary character when in reality I was putting a lot on the line just so I can, you know, be heard. <laughs> like, yeah. so, so what? Like, right. You know, most, and it's funny because, you know, I got whatever, 4,000 some Facebook friends. I don't need, you know, I've never met, I've probably only met a couple hundred of them in my life. Right. Like, right. And of, of that couple hundred, I mean, well, I, I could look at it this way. I'm getting married in November. You know how many from, uh, that I could think of off my social media that are actually invited to my wedding? I, <laughs> I mean. That's why, that's why Steve and I turned my, you know, I told you when I, when my personal page got to 5,000 followers and, and it got that way because I started doing those news programs on YouTube America, America Trends. So all of a sudden I would get all these likes and I accepted them. And then we turned that into, uh, it's not a fan page, but a public person page. And now it's 8,000 or whatever it is. And I turned it over to Regina, you know, her, so her, so that she would post on it. And because she's just doesn't, you know, this is her business. This is what she does. She studies the kinds of things that are important to me. And she posts things for me because she knows what I would be interested in posting. And I rarely, rarely post anything anymore. Maybe once a week, if that. She takes care of it. Why do I do that? Because it's part of my show. It's my public page per my public person page is tied to my show on the network and then we have the network's facebook which she handles as well and i remember i had someone else you know before i had regina take it over that was posting on that public page and every freaking thing that they put on there was narcissism narcissist and they were working you know they were working out their issues with their ex-boyfriend or their ex-husband or whatever and it was narcissism a hundred you know days a year five days a, you know and I was like, listen, that's not all this network is about. So you're taking out your stuff and you're putting it up on that page. I get it. I used to do that too. But this is my company. <laughs> that's not okay. Go take that out on your own page. So I, now I put it in the hands of professionals that don't get personally sucked into whatever, uh, 
you know, drama that is going on with them that they then post out. And I created a new Facebook that's literally just 200 people that I know. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> I mean, really, like, I, I mean, it's funny. I actually sit and think about it now. I know people like my brother, he doesn't have any social media accounts at all. Same with my son. And Zip. I, and I'm like, to me, I, I like, it's because I'm so enmeshed in it that I can't even understand that, but I can't even understand. But at the same time, I'm kind of envious of it. Cause I wonder, I got to imagine that's got to be a kind of freeing thing to not be bogged down by all that BS. Right. Exactly. It's such a time suck. It is such a time suck and it's such an emotional charge that is furthering your dopamine overuse and over flood of dopamine and adrenaline by being invested in it. I like this weekend, my SIM card on my phone was just not working and I didn't have one of those little keys and I didn't have a paperclip to get in there and mess with it. And maybe a year ago, I would have been in a panicked you know, driven through a rainstorm with hail to find out where the hell I can get a paperclip at three in the morning to get my phone charged. And this weekend I was like, whatever. Yeah. Wow. I just don't care. I mean, I purposely will go like see my horse or whatever. And I leave my phone in my car. I don't need to be taking a picture. I take enough pictures. I love taking, I never take pictures of myself because I just, that's like a whole other level of narcissism, but it's for some people, for some people, if you're a model or whatever, and that's what you do for a living, that's what you do for a living. But, you know, I just, yeah. And I still try to post things because it is part of our life. It's not going away. So I try to post things that tell a story of what's really going on. I don't sugarcoat and say, everything's perfect and here's my par- my partridge family. You know, that's not, that's not what I want to put out there. But it doesn't, uh, it doesn't own me. And that's, that's the big key is it doesn't own you. Like being, having that attachment, like being attached to something. And I, I mean, I say this all the time, whenever, especially whenever I'm, we're, you know, running like a therapeutic group somewhere or whatever. And I always say like, you know, if we attach ourselves to anything outside of ourselves, it's dangerous and social media is no different. You know, we attach ourselves to what people are going to think or what they, you know, are we going to, are they going to like this or, or, or is this going to help me gain popularity or get, get, am I going to get something out of this? Like it's, that's a that's a dangerous thing to do if it becomes so we become so attached to that it's it's not good and i'm glad that there are people in my life that saw that i was they had people that recognized that it wasn't it wasn't something else was going on it wasn't the what they were seeing it was a symptom of the, what they were seeing was a symptom of something else Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's the thing. It's, you know, there's a whole hashtag out there, you know, post responsibly that's been going on for a while. And it's, you know, it's true. I think for whatever reason, people are understanding now, now it's finally hitting. People are getting it that, oh, I have to take a look at this. And it's not a shame thing. I mean, believe me, there are people that, you know, I I will talk to and they, it wouldn't even occur to them to put anything you know, somewhat questionable on social media because they just never got sucked into it. And then there's people like us who are somewhat of a public figure. We are a public figure, maybe, you know, on a much smaller scale than a celebrity, obviously. But 
we have to be on it because that's how we market <laughs> what we do. So we're closer to the, uh, the availability of infection. Right. So that which means, uh, which in turn means that we have to be more diligent and exactly. more, more aware because of that. Like, because, you know, obviously if you're, you know, if I'm podcasting, I mean, the, the way people know about what my show is, is because of social media. So you, it, it's a necessary exactly. evil. You have to have it, but exactly. You have to be very aware of what you're doing or, and, and the motives of why, why you're doing it. And then, Again, it's the recognition. I mean, I mean, we talked about this. There were some people that, and and a lot of the posts that I that that were becoming concerning to others weren't like overly like aggressive with like they weren't. I mean, I some of them might have been, but they weren't like calling people out or using very foul language or anything. No, like no, that. no, no, no. It wasn't. But like that. but at the same time, there were some people that I know were even wondering if I was using drugs. Right. Right, which exactly. was the furthest thing from the truth, but you know, because that's not you know they know it me. It was out of it was out character? of character. Exactly, it was out of character. I mean, I, listen, I fully expect that if I, you know, have that happen with me for my friends, you to say, hey, what's what's going on? What what's the deal? I mean, I had someone the other day say to me, hey, I worry about you sometimes, and I said, why? I said, well, you just you know, get sucked in by people that are pretty narcissistic and um, you'll go through long periods where that doesn't happen. And then, and then I'll, and then it'll seem like, you know, that's happening again. And it just worries me about you. And I, and, you know, a younger me, you know, would have gotten very defensive and been like, I'm fine. But, you know, I'm 49. I'm like, Hmm, maybe I need to look at that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And, but it takes having those that few that small circle of people that are willing to say the uncomfortable thing, say the thing that you know it it's not going to be. It's not going to be popular. You might get your head bit off. <laughs> yeah, you might. Yeah, you might get beat up for it. But you know what? It's better. You know, you're better off because if you care about somebody and you see something like, especially people like us, like who we've, I know, you know, we've talked big about giant empaths, uh, yeah, right. We, like, there's, you know, I see things and a mile away with people, and I just, I don't really have that much of a filter to not say anything. That's what I love about you, though, because <laughs> you know, I know you'll tell me what's up. You will tell people, and you know what kills me is when. I'm getting those signs about things or I'm starting to suspect something and I, and I like, will like, I will, I will not say something or I will like go against my gut. And like this, this recent experience of working for this person was one of those experiences because there were so many red flags that I was, they were so glaringly obvious to me and I saw them and I knew it, but I didn't want to believe it. So I kind of ignored it. And then when it came and when, when the, when it, when the truth came out, it was like, I wanted to kick myself. Cause I'm like, man, how could you be so dumb? You knew. I know. Oh, believe me. Believe me. I'm, I don't know. I'm struggling with that one too. Like I've been seeing red flags for a few years and, you know, wanting to give somebody a chance and wanting to do and they can consistently, you know, do epic fails. (laughs) And I still am like, Oh, let's give them a chance. And I think, you know, where it's really hard. It's all I'll say is this, it's really hard in the field that we're in. Right, Stephen. I mean, yes, 
addiction is something that is a lifelong struggle. You can't just, gosh, I don't even want to say that you can't write people off. Yeah, you can. You can do that. If it's for your own health and your own safety and your own whatever, you can write people off, you know, to help yourself. But then there's also that, uh, maybe they'll get it together. Maybe they'll, we got to do a whole other show about enabling. <laughs> oh God, man. we could probably do a whole series on that because I mean, that's, that's that. I think that is the biggest, I think enabling is a bigger killer than any, any, Absolutely. any drug or any other harmful self-destructive behavior, but enabling my God. Yes. And then when you can see, like you start seeing a family dynamic, because maybe you have some experience with some of the family and you start seeing, oh my God, this is how a narcissist gets created <laughs> because That's so everybody true. indulges this person. They don't, no one has the cojones to say, knock it off. And if you're the one that says, Hey, knock it off. Oh my God. The family is going to come after you. Like even though they admit, Oh yeah, everything you said is true. They're still going to get angry with you because it's easier to get angry with someone outside the toxic family system. That's telling the truth than it is to take a look at themselves and see where it is that they have toxic behavior of their own and are absolutely fostering this horrible behavior. Well, you know, one of the biggest gifts that I've been given in my life is self-awareness. And obviously I don't get it right all the time, but I, I, I have a lot it's more a of it. Than, that, yeah, I have a lot more of it than I ever did. And I, I actually feel very, very sad for people who don't have it at all. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm, there's, I mean, I'm, you know, in a life situation with, you know, a, you know, an ex who I, you know, I have to deal with because we have kids together who, right unfortunately and i don't want to talk you know i don't want to really sit here and try to talk negative about her but the truth is she has absolutely no self-awareness and right. most no accountability for her actions yeah and it's glaring and unfortunately because of that it does yeah and because my kids are with this person 94 percent of the time that other six percent of the time i'm with my kids not only am i trying to spend my time You're with my kids unright Right. Oh yeah. my gosh. I'm trying to unwrite what's already been being written all the time around them. And yep. it's, it's a battle because you're, you know, every two weeks, every other weekend, when I get them, it's like, you're, you're having to like, it's, it's like a constant rewriting and it's, it's exhausting, but it's, if I do nothing, then I know where this goes and it's not going to yeah. be good. It's not going to be good for either of them. But it's, you know, thankfully, like, I'm able to see that and I'm able to recognize and I'm, you know, with somebody in my life, the, you know, person I'm marrying who has a lot of experience in yep. dealing with this stuff, thankfully, person. because she knows, she gets it and she knows how to, she knows how to handle them and how to, how to, how to, how to manage these waters because I think with that, without that, I, I wouldn't know what to do and, and it does take that, that saying no like my yes. kid, you know my kids for years when we separated when we split every time i had the kids i would always take them to the store and buy them something because i felt bad because i was not there and i was right. you know i screwed up and i ruined the family and all this stuff so it was that guilt that drove me to 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 spoil the crap out of them till the one day my kid comes to me and he goes what are we getting this weekend and i was like oh whoa what am i doing here 
And now every time I have the kids, you know, and they'll, they'll ask me, can, you know, especially one of them, my older one, he'll always ask me, can I get this? Can I get this? And, you know, I have to say no. And when I see him get sad, I have to like, it's hard for me to like, not want to like bend because I don't want to see him sad, especially because I don't see him as much. So I don't want him to be sad around when right. the time I have him. Right. So then what? So then, but I have to realize, is this helping him or is this hurting him? Yeah, I know. My, my ex used to say that about, um, and you know, it's too late now. Our son is, uh, is 29. So, but he has said, yeah, I just never wanted to punish him. I mean, he's apologized to me. I'm sorry that you always had to be the disciplinarian and I would go in and unwrite everything that you did because he was gone for two years of our son's life. So he did it out of, I just don't want him to be upset. I feel guilty, you know, so I would lay down the law and, you know, say, oh, you threw your phone in the ocean? Well, guess what? Go get a job and buy your own, buy a new phone after you pay me back for the one that you just threw in the ocean because you're upset that you couldn't get a signal. <laughs> 14-year-old. Um, and, you know, he, I would start to see improvement in his behavior. He would start doing some work. And then sure enough, a week later, I'd see, well, he has a phone. Well, where did that come from? What? what what's going on oh my ex buys it for him you know that kind of stuff would go on and it's it's very undermining and um you know he survived it our son survived it he learned how to manipulate the two of us really well <laughs> mom's gonna say no but if i work on dad uh, and vice versa but somehow you know it turned out okay and i and i am actually proud of him that um he just won't get into social media. He has a Facebook page that's public just so he can be a part of our network group for the for Mental Health News Radio Network, but he never puts anything on there. He wants nothing to do with it. Man, he, he deserves a medal in my book. <laughs> it's tough, man. It's tough. And he is the biggest buzzkill you've ever met in your life. <laughs> if I've ever if I'm ever, you know, out with friends and you know, we're enjoying some wine and, you know, whatever. And I call him and I'm like, hi, honey. He'll go, mom, have you been drinking? Yeah, I'm not driving. Someone else is driving. They're dropping me off. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying, mom, is put your phone away. Turn it off. Don't put anything on social media. Don't email it. You know, he goes into like being a cop. And I'm like, you just sobered me up. Like, that's the worst. <laughs> Any chance that I was not completely sober you have you know you have destroyed it with your paranoid with you know your call that i am now paranoid and ashamed so thanks son <laughs> yeah, thanks son love you too lock your phone in a vault call me in 24 hours <laughs> oh my God. but he doesn't have um that i think he's got those tendencies too to be addicted and he just um, I think, and this is what will be interesting if we study, you know, as we study this further, how is it with addiction when you already have an addiction, a propensity to be addicted, how does social media make it worse? Mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, I mean, well, you know, I have to say, and, you know, and my thought on this about somebody that it that I'm concerned about. She's somebody that I know that has been in and out of drug treatment centers and recently just came out of one and literally came out of one a few weeks ago and was on social media that day and every single day. I watch her social media, I watch her Facebook page and every day there must be 10 selfie posts a day. Yeah. 
not healthy. Oh my gosh. I know I just posted somebody who, I mean, nonstop posting about things that somebody said three years ago. It's like, okay, stop. No one cares anymore. And that was just a marketing ploy anyway. It doesn't actually mean anything. And you're still writing about it. I had posted something like they had said, caption this. And it was yet another picture of them. And I wrote on the caption, I think I take too many pictures of myself and post them on social media. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, what are you doing, man? This is not okay. Like, stop. You, you yourself have said that this is not healthy over and over and over again. And yet you keep doing it. And now you're doing it is causing issues for me. You know? Yeah. It's my gosh. And it's like, sometimes I just wish I could just, you know, shake somebody and say, dude, what are you doing? Like, you don't see how, how this is, you're, you're, it's just, you're like, you want, yeah, you want to harm yourself and I can't stop you. Then I can't stop you. But if you are working with me, now you're harming me. That is not okay. You know, but so what with this friend of yours, I mean, can you go to this person and say, listen, this is just not, you know, I mean, I I did this with another friend. She was posting a lot of pictures of her kids and they're in bathing suits and making very provocative poses in bathing suits and things like that. And I said to her, I love you. I really love you. I know you don't mean anything like this. I know you love your daughters, but really think about what you're you know, putting out there and the poses that they're in, it doesn't seem healthy. And she, because she's my friend and she's amazing, she went, oh my God, I didn't even think about it that way. Thank you. Oh my God. And she had deleted everything. So what, could you do that with this person? It's a tough one because I don't know them that well. So Mm. that's, it's like, I just, it's like, I don't know. It's like, I feel like I, right now, no. And I don't, and it's like, I see... Unfortunately, it's like I just see this this train, you know, barreling towards a brick wall, and I'm like, right. oh, man, this isn't going to be good, you know. Every because that's all this person posts. Like, there's no every day. It's like, hey, what's up, fam? What's up, fam? Or whatever. Like, and it's another po- a selfie with a different hairdo or a different outfit on or something. Right. Gosh. Well, I've heard, I've seen you do that. I've seen you. Um, I've seen you write. I think it's you know in how you do it. You you were commenting on someone that was all the time posting something that happened several years ago and you were like, well, that's great. I read what you had written. That's great. What have you done today? (laughs) (laughs) I saw you and I was like, oh, that's good. (laughs) Now I remember what you're talking about. Yes. Uh (laughs) Yes. And yes, you're right. Because yeah. And, you know, actually it's, it's, this is crazy, but there's a friend of mine who, who's brother, she's a good friend. Her brother was kind of like a acquaintance, but he was on social media friend of mine or whatever. And uh, he was, he, you know, he, he left his son with his ex-wife or whatever, his little boy. And he decided to just take off to Florida and, and like start a new life or whatever. And every day he's posting about how he wants to have this girl and that girl and this girl. And one day I just wrote mm-hmm. under that. I said, what about your kid? And, <laughs> you know, he blocked me immediately. And I, and I kind of expected it and I wasn't really all that upset about it, but I really, my, my only hope was maybe he would just have some kind of, moment of clarity and be like oh maybe maybe there's you know this guy's not being a jerk he's actually just trying to help me right 
Right. I think that's all, you know, in some cases, that's all you can do. And I mean, I look forward, Stephen, to continuing these kind of conversations. I've been through this too, and I watch it, you know, um, and we do need to use social media because it isn't the all evil. It can be used for great things. Um, it's just when we get sucked into it, that it's not good. So I'm excited to work on this with you, uh, work on this with people, you know, that are part of my organization and my colleagues and figure out how this possibly, well, not possibly, how it does feed into already existing addiction and makes it potentially worse. Um, and then, you know, seeing what kinds of treatment protocols that we can support, um, you know, to help people with this new addiction isn't really new, but now it's being taken seriously. Right. Because p the damage is being done. That's, you know, when people start, when, when people start becoming statistics because of it, mm -hmm. then, then, then it, it takes people that are willing to blaze a trail and start something. And, and that's a, that's a good thing because, you know, and I, and I bet you there's going to be the people out there say social media addiction. What is like, that's BS. Like, yeah. you know, there's real addiction. No, it's really this is no a real addiction too. Yeah. It's no different. It has the, you know, it has, you know, the actual behavior is really irrelevant. It's what it's doing to you is the issue. It has nothing to do with what the behavior really is. The behavior is just the thing that, that, that is feeding that reward system at that moment. It could be anything. It doesn't matter what it is. Exactly. And I just want to point out too, and looking, you know, all the research that my colleagues and I have done uh, recently, um, you know, you look at this on Wikipedia, just oh, Wikipedia alone. Okay, this is all of these other places. And I'm looking now at sciencedirect.com related to social media addiction. There are articles that have been put out since 1989, 1983, uh, you know, 1986. I mean, we're talking 1996. It started with internet addiction and it's just moved now into something that already existed and moved into social media. So there's internet addiction, there's addiction to video games, gaming, addiction to online porn, for example, and social media addiction is just another one that people have been talking about. And the model around this type of addiction is rooted already in psychology from decades ago, can all be applied to this now. It's not like we're creating the theory of relativity and it's brand new. All of the research and, you know, criteria around this already exists. It just needs to be applied to today with how we use social media. That's what's fascinating about it. That is, that really is, man. We, I, we are really... This is a new empire. This is a new uh, enterprise that we're breaking into to talk about these things and shine a light because that's that's the whole purpose of what we're doing anyway. Absolutely. Like, I mean, that's that's what I look at, at what what I do when it comes to podcasting, speaking, even posting on social media at times in the proper way. It's really just trying to shine a spotlight on something that maybe people aren't seeing. Absolutely. Well, thank you for agreeing to do the show. We'll certainly do more, and we'll have. Um, more people come on and, and talk about, you know, talk about this as well. Scientists and doctors and uh, lay people, whoever it is, so that we can keep, you know, spreading the word about this. What advice before we go would you give to someone that 
they're out of control with it. What would you say is the thing that you need to do immediately? Uh, I really think the best thing to do is, is if you're ingrained in a behavior that's become so, you know, creating so much trouble for you, it's, it's recognizing that you can't just stop it. You can't like, nobody can, like if you're doing something automatically that you don't even realize you're doing, you can't just stop it. You can't just, okay, well, I'll just, I'll just delete my Facebook. Right. Like, Cause then you'll not, just go to a browser on your phone and use it there. Trust me. I right. have done that. <laughs> exactly. That's not, that doesn't work. You gotta like, you, 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 I really like the word harm reduction because it's really, all right, take a step back, take a deep breath and then recognize strategies. Like I came up with where, how I like that, that little thing that I did, which is moving the icon a little bit. Yeah. I, you know, that just kind of, it helps. You know, it did help. And it came to me just, you know, because I knew me and I knew like, there's no way I'm, if I delete it, like, okay, I'll delete it in about 15 minutes. I'll be redownloading it. Like, I mean, right. Exactly. Do you think oh, I, I had said to someone, I've said this to a few people, actually, um, there aren't support groups quite yet about social media addiction. So I've said, go to an NA, go to narcotics anonymous meeting. You don't need to tell them that you're, you know, that you're addicted to social media because somebody might look at you like you have three heads. It's not that accepted yet, but it's still the same principle. Go there because that's available and you can find one everywhere and sit in that meeting and listen to what addiction is. That might help you. I, I said that to a couple of people and they were like, I'm not a drug addict. I said, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying go to a support group at least for an hour you won't be on social media because they're not going to let you be on it while you're in that room. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's a very, that's a very, it's another, it's another suggestion. It's a good suggestion. Just do, just do something. Like I always tell everybody, if you want, if you find yourself in a hole, A, quit digging, B, try to, try to, if you want to, if you want to change something, like stop something or change something, just do something different. It doesn't, you can't change everything. Just change one thing. Exactly. Exactly. And, and talk to your friends, call your friends um, and be okay with people that lovingly, but harshly say, knock it off. Yeah. They're doing it because they care about you. They're not doing it to be jerks. No, you know? they're not trying to hurt you. And usually, you know, Real friends will actually know the best ways to get you to hear them. <laughs> like, exactly. If if you are the one person that has awakened someone and made them, you know, been a part of, not, you know, not the one person does it, but that makes them wake up enough that they stop after years of abuse, then fan-frickin-tastic. Take the hit of someone being angry because they stopped at least temporarily. Maybe that temporary respite is enough to rewire enough pathways and give you enough room and you're not being flooded with dopamine long enough to pull yourself out of the fog that you're in and go, oh my God, now I see the totality of what I've been doing. Amen to that. <laughs> well, thank you, Stephen, for coming on and doing an impromptu talk about social media addiction oh thank you this was this was perfect and uh and since it's mother's day happy mother's day <laughs> all the other mothers out there and it's also game of thrones night so I got all right well go watch <laughs> game of thrones man sorry i kept you too long oh no, you're good we got 17 minutes now i gotta go make my, 
my Totino's pizza rolls, and then it's Game of Thrones time. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, <laughs> listeners, for tuning in to another episode of Rescue the Rescuer. And we're also going to play this because it's so vitally important on Mental Health News Radio. Wonderful. Talk to you soon. I know, I know, no one likes commercials, but seriously, folks, without the help from these organizations, we could not stay on the air. Please give a shout out to zencharts.com. If you're a mental health or addiction treatment center, you'll want to use their EHR. It's gorgeous, and they're just good people. And also MyGenetics, M-Y-G-E-N-E-T-X.com, because knowing your genetic code empowers your mental health treatment. And lastly, CopeNotes.com. We love getting positive messages right to our phones every day from Johnny Crowder. He's the lead singer of Prison, a heavy metal band sharing their music about suicide prevention, addiction recovery, and mental health. See, that was painless. Support them as they support us. Back to the show. Thanks so much for listening to Mental Health News Radio. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and hundreds of other podcast apps. Or you can visit our website at mentalhealthnewsradio.com. If you have a question or would like to be a guest, become a podcaster on our network, or join the amazing organizations that help keep us on the air, please email us at info at mhnrnetwork.com. Get ready for that special goodbye from our resident therapy dog, Miles, and a special thanks to Emily Sohn for letting us use her incredible song, Cordial, for our podcast music. Listen to the full song on SoundCloud at emily.sonne. Don't be surprised when I don't hate on you. After all we promised, we'd be cordial. Sometimes in you I can fight it. Good boy.